Hello. Now we're in business. We're here. We are here. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is another week of your favorite podcast. First of all, uh, we air every Thursday. We record every Wednesday, though, in case people didn't know that. We are not recording on Thursday and putting it out on Thursday. That would be ridiculous. Uh, but we look forward to you hearing from us, and we look forward to you laughing at all our jokes. So please continue to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, whatever. Um, I'm on with uh, McCarty. It is me. It is me. I have nothing else to contribute. All right. With that, let's jump right into it. Nate, my friend, um, you know, typically throughout the week, uh, we talk on the phone like a, a decent amount, probably more than most people talk on the phone. And I honestly, I don't think we talk that much. So it's good to hear from you, man. I'm glad you're still alive. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And we do talk quite a bit, I would say at least once a day. Yeah, usually once a day, sort of like uh, people that are married, um, but we're not. We're definitely not married. Nate is married. We're not married together, though. Um, so a segment that we haven't done in a really long time, um, I actually don't even know how many weeks, but it's been a lot of weeks, is the pet peeve of the week. And one of these days when our podcast setup is a little bit more sophisticated, we will have like a sound bite or like some sort of intro music for our segments and we don't have that right now so we're just gonna jump into the pet peeve of the week and i want to do it because an avid listener of this podcast actually sent me their own pet peeve of the week and i'm honored that they felt that they needed to send it to me and i want to read it um it is from our good friend and our good good i want to say good listener that sounds weird our good friend and Avid listener, Rebecca is her name. Um, her pet peeve of the week is giving hugs to people that are wearing backpacks. Okay. And we all can can remember an experience that we had where we hugged somebody with a backpack. And I'll elaborate a little bit after I read uh, what she sent me uh, on my feelings. And I'll give Nate a chance to talk about it too. But this is what Rebecca had to say. She said, you go in for a hug, which is already a mildly vulnerable act. Then you notice the backpack in the way and you have no choice but to partially retract your movement. Then, in all caps, then you have one second to decide between doing weird T-Rex arms or fully outstretched arms where it's like you're hugging the person's humpback. Or, in all caps again, you make the commitment to slide your arms behind the straps so you can touch the person's back properly, but then... And all, and all, this is in all caps, but then you've trapped them and yourself. OMG. And you know what? I, I appreciate Rebecca sending that in. If you guys want to be featured on here, please feel free to send me and whatever platform you can find me or Nate, of course, um, send us whatever you have. Uh, we're happy to share it. Um, but she's right. Truthfully, she's right. Um, I think that especially for short people, backpacks are especially um, a nuisance and in the way I was talking to her about this. Um, I think I'm like relatively taller than most people. I'm probably like above average height. I'm not tall by any means. I'm like five ten, maybe five eleven if I have like basketball shoes on. But I think that, uh, when you're taller than the person that you're hugging backpacks, aren't a problem. Cause you just go for the neck, you know, like I don't have to worry about 
the rest, like going behind somebody's back per se, because I'm sort of above them, but I have experienced this before and it is mad awkward. It definitely is. And she brings up a good point. You have to make a split second decision on whether you're going to go behind the straps or you're going to give them like a little, you just tap them on the side with your, with your two hands. Uh, you hug around the backpack where you, the, the backpack's included in the hug. Um, and I don't know that there's a right way of doing it. I, I would say behind the straps is probably the way that I would go just because it's a more personal touch. But I also know that like you could get caught, you know, maybe your finger touches a zipper and now you're unzipping the backpack. It gets weird. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I have two separate thoughts. Number one, I'm a side hugger just because I think that eliminates all levels of awkward. You just, you going for the side hug, you, you, you know, it's like putting your arm around them. But the other, the other thing is, is I think that Rebecca, to your point, if, if I could give you some advice, just you always go for the neck, you know, unless they're super, super tall, you go for the neck and let it be awkward for them. That's true. That that way you kind of erase any hint of it, of your responsibility in it being awkward. And, and I like that. I actually, I think that's probably a good strategy um, to just take on for the next hug that you encounter with somebody with a backpack or, you know what, just stop hanging out with people with backpacks. You know, we don't want a bunch of those nerdy people in our lives. Anyway, what are they carrying in there? That's so important. We don't know nothing important. Probably when I carry around a backpack, it's my laptop, which I guess is important, but I don't need a backpack just for that. You know, I might put a hat, I might put a portable mouse, maybe my keys. But other than that, there's nothing in there, man. Give Get rid of the backpacks. Uh, Nate, I don't have anything else to say about it, but I'll give you a chance to go over your pet peeve if you have one for the week. Yeah, I have a, I have a fairly small one, but it's something that I've been noticing more and more as I drive a lot more. On the highway and semis, and I think they do this because they're big, you know, they can get away with it. But I, I've rarely had a semi move over in front of me or into the left lane, you know, the fast lane without seeing them cut somebody off. Like there's nobody for like a hundred mile stretch behind them, but they slide right in in front of somebody. If they wait, if they wait maybe five seconds, they can slide in nobody for a hundred, a hundred miles behind them. Have you ever noticed that? I have noticed that. I think that uh, it's an interesting point. Sometimes I feel like, since these truck drivers typically are on the road for like days at a time. I mean, when you're a truck driver, you're, you are out there for a very long time and the roads start looking blurry. They all look the same. All the cars look the same. You start, you just, you stop caring for the the laws of the road. You're just trying to get to your destination and get paid. And there's a place for that. There is. And I understand that. I will say that sometimes I feel like they don't even see us. Like, I'm, I mean, it, it gets blurry. They don't care anymore. They're, you don't mean anything to them. You're just another car on the road that they've been on for hours and hours and hours and days. Um, so I think sometimes that plays into it a little bit. Um, maybe their mirrors, you know, they have like a ton of blind spots. So maybe they just don't even know. So they just cut people off on accident. Try Just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I, I definitely see what you're saying. I think that nine times out of 10, you're like, if you could have just let me go and then there's nobody behind me, all of us would have been happy here. Like you would have been happy. I'm not riding your tail. I'm not flashing my lights. I'm not honking at you. And then if I'm past you, like I'm all good. I'm going to go 90 until I catch up to the next semi being a jerk. So I get that. I think it's a very valid pet peeve. And I've been in the car with Nate many, 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 many times for a long drives and he gets very irritated I wouldn't say Nate has road rage. He doesn't have that strong emotion about anything, but I would say that 
bad driving and semi trucks probably bother Nate the most. Do do you think I'm spot on with that? I definitely think you're spot on. I, I, and road rage, I feel like is like, you know, maybe somebody's going faster than you. I don't know. They do something and you just go off. But like, I, I truly get upset about people who don't know how to drive correctly. And there is a correct way to drive. There is, there is. And I think, you know, sort of elaborate on that further and this is not my pet peeve of the week. This is sort of just like a advice for the world kind of thing. But like I, along with Nate, we get irritated at people not doing anything correctly. I don't care what your world, there's always a correct way of doing something. Maybe not like the only correct way, but there is a correct way. And when you're not doing whatever the task is and you're not doing it correctly, that's going to irritate me. It really is. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do things wrong all the time. There's correct ways of doing things in my life that I don't follow through. But I try to be correct in in whatever I'm doing. And when somebody else is not trying to do that, that bothers me. And I think that is like a, that's like an overarching pet peeve of my life that just reminded me, Nate reminded me of it because he was talking about bad driving. Uh, My pet peeve, I've like kind of talked about this a little bit um a long time ago like when we first started doing pet peeves um and it's not exactly it but i I just want to let people know that i know i've talked about this a little bit before um my pet peeve is super competitive people now i talked about this in the past with like super competitive people in kickball like dudes that are trying to relive their glory days through kickball it's like that game is not even relevant enough to try to relive your glory days. And also you're terrible at kickball. So just shut up about it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are competitive, like in an overarching, like umbrella kind of sense. There are people in my life that not only are they competitive and like want to win at like traditional sports, let's say like a basketball game or a soccer game or something like that. No, they're competitive at like super niche games, like table games or card games or like spike ball, like any random thing like that. They want to win. They're going all out. They're going to argue every rule. They're going to argue every call. And that's just the nature that they are. And, Outside of competition, they're the most lovely, pleasant person to be around. They're great. I want to be around them all the time. But when any sort of competition, any me versus you or there's going to be a winner type scenario comes out, they just their mind goes into like ultra focus, ultra like rule follow, ultra referee. And that bothers me so much because most of the games, if not all the games we play on Earth, mean nothing. Sometimes there's money at stake for like game shows or when you're going to win the Super Bowl, there's like incentives to win. And that's like the biggest feat you can do in football. That's great. You should be competitive about that. But like in my life and the people around me, these games mean nothing. They're for the most part social encounters and they, we shouldn't be competitive. As a matter of fact, we're trying to build friendships, not tear them down with our super competitive attitude for no reason at all. So I think if you're one of those people, and I would say, Nate, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of these people are the least self-aware about their competitiveness. Like they don't see it at all and everybody else sees it. If you're one of those people, you have to stop. You have to learn to enjoy the small things in life and just know that it's a game. And if you lose, you lose, man. We're just going to play again. 
probably immediately, if not the next time we see each other, and you'll have a chance at redemption. Or pick a different game that you know you're great at, and then I'll be the one that loses and is okay with it, man. I'll be okay. Nate, do you have any thoughts that you would like to add? It's like a flip of a switch. I mean, they're playing. They just don't – they phase themselves out completely. Uh, they, they hurt everybody's feelings, and then afterwards they're like, hey, where are we going to dinner? It's like I need to be away from you for a, a long time. Right. And also, like, you're probably going to get competitive about the dinner, and now I super don't want to go with you. I think it just – it's irritating to me. It's a pet peeve for sure. It's not going to make me, like, not play with them because I need – Whatever game or whatever task or whatever competition it is, I probably need you because we need X amount of people to participate. But it's very irritating. I think just be an adult, man. Just know that, like, this doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. Um, you just have to be normal. Just be normal about it. Um, Nate, I, I, we talked last week. Uh, I went to I, – I flew on a plane, a United Airlines plane, to go see Nate. Uh, they lost my golf clubs. Uh, we know that was like a whole thing. Um, long story, like the or the the addition to that story is, I flew back to New Jersey on on Tuesday night. I was here all day Wednesday, and then woke up really early on Thursday morning to fly back to Tennessee to see some family. Okay, so I had to fly fly out of Newark Airport again. This time I'm on Southwest Airlines, totally different airline. So I'm flying to Nashville. Uh, from Chicago, Newark to Chicago, Chicago to Nashville. That doesn't really matter because, like, your bags don't always, like, follow you directly. Either way, I was supposed to end up in Nashville. Okay, you guys can probably see where this is going. But my bags, golf clubs, and the exact same bag that I took to see Nate, literally the same stuff, my bags got lost again. Bro, this time, both of them. Last time, I got my, like, suitcase, but I didn't have my golf clubs. This time, no suitcase, no golf clubs. My ride picked me up at the Nashville airport, and, and I had a backpack on, and I had earphones in my ear. Or, yeah, ear. what are those called? Earbuds. Earbuds in my ear. My phone, and that was it. And the, my, the person that came to pick me up, she said, that's all you have? question mark and i was like you know what that's a good question what normal person would be leaving the airport after coming from newark new jersey to nashville with no bags that doesn't make sense at all so somehow southwest didn't ship my bags again okay and i don't understand it it's something wrong with newark airport clearly that's the common denominator in all of this but or as nate texted me after i told him that they have me marked or flagged for some reason, I don't know what kind of flag I have on my name at airports, but my bags are not getting shipped, and I'm furious about it. Clearly, yeah, you talking about United on the last podcast? Well, this time it was Southwest. I don't. You would think they would they would have shipped me four bags, bags that I didn't even come with, and they would have just let me have whatever's in there to make up for it and make themselves look better. It could have been a commercial for how awesome Southwest is over. Uh, United. And what's even crazier is that Southwest, your first two bags fly free. I didn't even pay for my bags because that's your job to ship them. You do that for everybody in America. Well, even internationally, but definitely in America. Okay. And you didn't get that part right. That just simply doesn't make sense to me. That could have been my pet peeve, but that's just like a life lesson of people just doing their jobs. It's really disappointing too, because McCarty and I, for those who don't know, we have 
Southwest credit cards. Southwest has never failed me personally. I don't know if before this they've ever failed McCarty. They've been very, uh, they've been very good to us, valued members of whatever the heck club you would be in to have the credit card. Um, and so I think I do think you're right. I think Newark has its problems, and and we've known that. Um, so I think I would blame Newark over Southwest. Yeah, I think it's probably right, and. You know, it's 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 annoying to like pl- play the blame game and just you know point fingers, but like it's not it's somebody's fault. Okay, one time is like all right, I'll let that slide. It probably happens to people all the time. It's just natural selection. It was me this time, and you know what? I'm a pretty even keel guy. Uh, it doesn't sound like it on today's podcast and in a lot of the podcasts in the past, but in my human interaction, I'm like usually pretty okay with most things. Like nothing is like ever life altering. So like I just move on with my life and try to fix it, you know, retroactively. But this time, man, I was set off. I, w- I really was angry. It didn't make sense. I didn't have my personal stuff. So like, I didn't know when my bags were going to get returned to me. I didn't have like my contact case lens. I didn't have deodorant. I didn't have toothpaste. I didn't have extra underwear, man. I had nothing. And that is just wrong, man. When you get on a plane, you expect your stuff to be where you're going. And I think that's just safe as an American, as a person that's paying for this flight. I feel like I've earned that and it didn't happen. And that was infuriating to me. Um, I, and Nate's right. We have Southwest cards and I guess I could have flashed that and be like, guys, look, I'm literally giving you money every year to help me out and you're not doing it. What can you give me in return? I'll tell you, Nate, I'll give you a scenario. I actually just thought of this. I didn't even have it written down, but I want to get your thoughts on what you would have done. So this whole scenario happens. I get zero bags and I land in Nashville. I go to the baggage claim desk or whatever. And I say, here's my, my uh, claim tickets. They're not here. What are we going to do? So they say, your bags are still in Newark. They'll be on the next plane here. It's going to be about an hour and a half until your bags land. You can leave or you can stay. And I know that's an inconvenience for you. So we're going to, we would give you a $150 voucher to use on your next Southwest purchase or for free, we'll ship them to wherever your address is that you're staying for like the next couple of days. And now the context is that was my two options. The context is my ride was currently waiting for me at the airport to take me back to Clarksville, Tennessee, where my sis- my sister lives. Okay, that's about 45 minutes away. It's about 40 miles. And I had no car. My sister wasn't going to be at home when I got there. She wasn't off work yet. And I had no way of getting back to the airport. My ride was currently waiting. I felt bad saying, let's just chill for an hour and a half. You know, you are already going out of your way to come get me. I'm not paying you for this. Also, can you wait? Like that, I didn't want to do that either. And it was free for them to ship it directly to where I was staying and they were going to get there that day, like later that day. And so I went with the section, second option, which was to have them shipped. Now, when my sister found out about that, she was a little bit upset because we could have used that $150 voucher in some capacity and probably paid for another flight at some other time. Cause like, that's probably enough to cover a full flight. And so actually my flight to Nashville was paid for by my sister having a similar experience in Southwest giving her a voucher. So it kind of would have been like all of this would have paid for itself. Um, Nate, what would you have done knowing all the facts? I think that Southwest did something to hurt your relationship with Southwest because they weren't on time with their stuff. 
but you had a you had a ride that went out of their way to come get you and you didn't want to hurt your relationship with that person so i think you did the right thing had you waited and made your ride wait you probably would have been doing the same thing that southwest had just done to you yeah my sister said why didn't you just come back and we could have gone like later that day like she's a school teacher so she got home at like let's say i don't even know like 4 p.m and she's like, we could have gone, like I would have came just swung by and got you. And then we could have gone down the 30 mile or 40 miles back to Nashville, picked it up and then come back. And I was like, yeah, we could have done that. I mean, the timing would have been horrible because it would have been five o'clock traffic. We would have gotten caught in that. So it probably would have taken like an hour and a half to get there when it normally takes 45 minutes plus 40 miles there and back. That's in her car is like two or three gallons of gas each way. So actually – yeah, probably that's probably right. Two or three gallons of gas, so that's like already twenty bucks in gas each way, so or total. So now you're spending like a little bit of money to get there. Then your time is valuable. We come back and like I've sat in cars and planes all day, and now I'm cranky. It's just like all things considered, I think I made the right decision, but I did sacrifice one hundred and fifty dollars. And sometimes you just have to live with that. Yeah, I, I mean, all this is is to say that Southwest should have been proactive with their customer service. Uh, having your bag shipped, they, they know the cost of like what that would take. They should, they should have, I think they should have comped you for whatever that cost is in the first place. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that would have been the best of both worlds for sure. I didn't really push it. I just wanted to get out of there and just get, if they were going to deliver my bags that day, I was fine with it. I didn't need anything out of there immediately. So it's just annoying. It happened twice in the same week. That should never happen to anybody, but you know, I'm still alive and well and thriving. So I can't complain too much. Um, I actually have three more things written down, but it's already like 20 minutes into this. So I don't know that we'll get to all three. Um, I'm going to pick the one that I think will be the most entertaining. Um, actually, this one's probably be pretty short. So it's the time of year. Nate, you drink coffee. I don't. Um, probably never will. It's just not something that looks appealing to me at all. Um, it's the time of year that, Pumpkin pla- pumpkin flavored things are being sold in coffee shops and donut shops across the country. It's just like a cultural thing around this time, around fall, they start selling pumpkin flavored things and people freak out about it. And then it lasts for like, I don't know, a month and a half or two months. And then people forget that they ever even tasted anything pumpkin flavored, which I think tells you all you need to know about pumpkin flavored things. Um, because they go irrelevant after a certain amount of time. But what I don't get is why we even have it. Like, who is eating pumpkin outside of just carving a pumpkin? Like, we're not – no one's no one's eating it. No one's cooking it up and eating it. So why do we even have pumpkin-flavored things? Like, to me, you can't have pumpkin-flavored things if that's not something that you eat. That's like saying we have – we have uh, mulch-flavored coffee this season. It's like no one's eating mulch, so how can you have something flavored that? That doesn't make sense to me at all. If, you wanna, if you're like geeking out about pumpkin-flavored coffee drinks at Starbucks, it's like, no, first, you have to earn it. You have to go home, figure out a way to cook the whole pumpkin, and then take a, a piece out of it and eat it. Okay, you have to eat the whole thing because if you're not eating it, then you don't get to eat flavored pumpkin flavored things. Those things are some synonymous together. I don't know if you drink pumpkin flavored things. I don't know if you care at all, but that that just seems asinine to me. I think it's 
honestly, I believe it to be one of the greatest marketing schemes in the game. The way that we – You're going to have to elaborate on that for the sure. The way that we surround our seasons – and I'm from the Midwest, so it's, it's more of a, a marketing thing here. But, I mean, all those – everything that you feel, the colors, like it's all orange and brown, and, you know, you hit that time the, – the weather's nice, and you're like, man, this is fall. And fall tastes like pumpkin, or it, it smells like, you know, whatever – uh, pumpkin spice latte, whatever they call them, um, these things that they have put during the fall to make you feel like fall. It's it's almost like you're drinking it for the feeling. You're not even drinking it because it tastes good. Well, I think you're missing the point, though. I mean, yes, you're right. It's very themed. I don't deny that at all. I think if you look at other seasons, let's say Christmas time, for example, they start putting out like peppermint flavored things, which I don't even know the origin of like candy canes being associated with Christmas or like how that even happened or even the colors red and white. Like how, where did we even get that to represent what Christmas is? I don't know. We'll talk about that later. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you like pumpkin fl- or uh, peppermint flavored things, like you eat peppermint, we all know what that tastes like. So then if you put it in a drink, it probably does taste okay. Then you fast forward to like spring and that's when you start getting fruity. You get like fruit, like strawberry flavored things or mango or orange, like those things, we all know what they taste like. So you can uh, put that in a drink and understand that that's a good flavored drink. What you're saying is the pumpkin is themed Yes, that's true, but we still don't know what pumpkin tastes like. We've never had a real pumpkin. So how can you make pumpkin-flavored things and start selling? Like pumpkin pie, what is that? What are we putting in that that we're eating? Because we're not eating pumpkin, so how can we have that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I can't. I definitely can't answer the what pumpkin is. I, I've seen the inside of several pumpkins, and it's not anything that I would like to eat. No, it's definitely not. The seeds are like super average, but at least they're edible, you know. Get you uh get you some seeds, everybody, this fall. This is just a quick plug. Get the seeds on a pan, spray them with spray butter or lightly glaze them, and put some cinnamon sugar on them and uh cook them up like you would seeds and there there you go. Cook them up like you would seeds cuz apparently Nate cooks a lot of seeds. It's it's, other it's than baking really. It's it's really a, an art form of baking. Yeah, and I think Nate's done that one time, and he said out loud, I'll never do this again, but that's okay. We can let that slide. Um, I'll talk about one more thing. Um, we can talk about this other one maybe next week. Um, so my sister, her name is Millie. Uh, she's the one that I was going to visit uh, along with some other family. Um, she is pregnant right now, which is super exciting for all of our family. And she was having her baby's gender reveal party, which is like the most 2019 – thing to ever have um it's it's like super obnoxious it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl we're gonna love it the same but somehow it's like a big deal um and it's like these days nate knows just like everybody knows that like you do some sort of some sort of like a breaking of some object and then it like poofs into some powder of whatever blue for boy girl uh pink for girl uh and that's that's like the gist of it some people like pop a pinata or they pop a balloon um it's like all you can get all kinds of stuff whatever it can break into like some sort of powder you can do it um so my uh brother-in-law he hit a golf ball he's a huge golfer he hit a golf ball and then it poofed into the air 
uh, and it was red, so or pink. So they're having a girl. Um, for those of you who haven't heard or that care, she's having a girl. I'll have a little niece in January. Um, I'm super excited about that. But what's interesting I heard at the party was that Oh, oh, I have to tell you this first. So it comes in an envelope. And the, and basically what you do is the, the the mom and dad, they go to the doctor, they get the gender that if you don't want to know immediately or if you're going to like make it a secret or a surprise, the doctor will write it down, put it in an envelope and get it's, it's sealed and they give it to you. And then what my sister did, she gave it to her best friend. Her best friend was the only one that knew. She set up the whole party and like bought the golf ball that has red powder in it. Pink powder. I keep saying red. Uh, so she's the only one that knew. So what the, they brought the envelope out after they had already, we'd all found out and like showed it to it. So there was like a really nice sealed envelope and she pulled out what the piece of paper looks like that says it's a girl. Nate, Nate give me your prediction on what the paper is or like what it looks like, what your general idea of what it would be. I mean, honestly, like right off the bat, I'm thinking he like peeled off one of the papers that he already had and just scribbled on there. That's what I would think. All right. Well, you are a spoiler because that's exactly what it was. I didn't think that at all. I thought it would be like a full on like medical chart form where it's like name, Millie, last name, whatever it is. And then like mom's gender, dad's gender, like all this stuff, like email address, home address, all this stuff that you would fill out on any doctor form ever. I thought that's what it would be. And then it would have like a special, like where, what, how many weeks pregnant are you like baby's health, heartbeat per minute, like all this stuff. And then it would have like a gender section and it would put it on there. And it was like a super official document It's not at all. It's exactly what Nate said. It was like, they took out one of those forms that I just described, ripped it up into like a small piece of paper. And then on it, it just said, congrats, you're having a girl and like very chicken scratch writing to where you're like, I think that says girl, we're just going to go with that. And that was so shocking to me. I thought it would be so much more official than it actually is. But for those that are like going to have a kid at some point in your life or going to do a gender reveal, just be ready. It's not that official. It's really not like they just write it on a piece of paper, almost to the point where they don't want to sign it and like be wrong, where they're just like, ah, this is what we think it is. And like, this is so unofficial. You can't really blame us if we're wrong here. Take this. And that leads me into my, like my next thing, which is what I, was, what I wrote down is that I found out at the party that I don't know what the percent is on, when they're right. My sister told me the doctor said, I'm pretty sure this is right. And it's like, well, don't say that, you know, like if you're going to put it in there, just be confident about it. Don't tell them that you, it might be something else. Cause now you're being weird about it. But uh, I also found out that they're never wrong when they say it's a boy first, so it's never like a, a, they say it's a boy and then it comes out a girl. They're never wrong about that. But they, if they say it's a girl, there's a chance it could be a boy. Okay, and I'm not going to get into the anatomy of how that might be true. I think we can all use our imagination. But I think that's hilarious that my sister is supposedly having a girl, but there is a chance that she might have a boy. And it's not written on official paper. I think that those things are very non-coincidental like those things go together she's got like a meteorologist of a, of a doctor telling her this stuff it sounds like yes that's true i couldn't have said it my, better myself so unpredictable and just like wild guess the good thing is there's a 50 50 shot with weather who knows what the percentages are but they never get yeah, it right anyway. throw, you know ten, it's you know 10 percent. it's a it's a uh, you know if it was zero percent, if a meteorologist said that's zero percent that that's going to be a girl, that thing's coming out a girl for sure. 
Oh, for sure. Yes. As a matter of fact, it would be, I would trust. No, nah, I was going to say I would trust a meteorologist more. Cause like it's a 50, 50 shot. Like just get, say anything. Yeah. I, and it, it, I would trust the, opposite. say anything. And I think the party, like you would still have a party no matter what, like whether it's right or wrong. The whole point is they just want to have a party for Instagram. Anyway, oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right. We've gone over a little bit. Um, that's kind of my fault because I wrote down too many things. Nate, why don't you wrap this up? All right. Guys, thanks for joining us again. We always have a good time when you get to hear us. I think that that is a common theme for McCarty and I is we like when people hear us. So thank you Mm -hmm. for listening to us and, and giving us feedback. Again, we had a friend write in a pet peeve. Just know that you guys can ask a question right into pet peeve but just you know share this this podcast is is about nothing and everything at the same time so just let us know what you got and uh we'd be happy to oblige cardi that's true yeah um and like nate said we love doing this uh it makes it even better when people we get really good feedback and things to talk about from you guys i mean i i literally just talk about stuff from my week um and that usually fills 30 minutes but if there's something you guys would like to hear our perspective on we're happy to talk about it. Again, this is the first of all. Name's McCarty. That's Nate that you just heard. Uh, we do this every Thursday, and we look forward to talking with you guys again next Thursday. Love you all.